Hi everyone, this is James here. Uh, before we get started with today's Shannon episode, I just wanted to hop on and briefly make you guys aware of some news in the Bravo sphere that feels incredibly pertinent and the episode would have suffered if we hadn't mentioned it. Ellie, unfortunately, is incommunicado. She is um, all aboard the HSS Tamra on the heist. Oh, no, wait, I'm just, I'm referencing a joke that... Um, not even a joke, a bit that we did later on in this episode. So this doesn't make any sense. And you'll find it marginally more funny when you actually do listen to the rest of this episode. But basically, Ellie's on a cruise. She's not in contact and unable to put in her two cents here. But since we recorded our Shannon episode, mere hours later, a piece of news broke and the world has become a dramatically different place. For those of you who know you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, I'm just going to read an article that TMZ broke. Real Housewives of Orange County star Shannon Bador arrested for DUI, hit and run, struck house in Newport Beach. <laughs> Shannon Bador's tough year just got a lot rougher. The reality TV star got busted for driving drunk this weekend in SoCal. Law enforcement sources tell TMZ the Real Housewives of Orange County star drove her car onto a residential property in Newport Beach Saturday night and actually clipped the house. We're told Bador then turned back onto the road and kept going before parking her vehicle in the middle of the street. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, it's not funny. And getting out with her dog. So we do know that Archie was involved at the scene of the crime. Our sources say she tried to act like she was taking a walk. <laughs> when police arrived after receiving a 911 call. We're told she wasn't fooling anyone, as she appeared wasted and was taken into custody. Cops also seized Bador's car as part of their investigation into the damage of the house. A rep for Newport Beach PD says Bador was booked with two misdemeanors, hit and run and DUI alcohol. She was cited and released without bond. Sources with direct knowledge tell us she was not filming with Bravo before the arrest as the show is currently not in production. We reached out to Shannon's team for comment. So far, no word back. Stellar journalistic work, as always from TMZ there. First things first, I'm glad that everyone is okay. The house is okay. Shannon is okay, more or less. And most importantly, that Archie is okay. The second thing to say is this sounds incredibly funny. And I, I'm i like shaking my head that Bravo camera crews were not there to pick every inch of this up in explicit detail. The idea of a wasted Shannon Vidor <laughs> crashing into a house. <laughs> And then driving a bit further down the road and parking her car and just walking down the street with Archie on a lead, thinking that she could get away with it is so fucking funny. Um, <laughs> we've got to do what we've got to do here. We have to search the entire neighborhood. I want every single ring cam to be searched. I want to get as much video footage of this as possible i want the police to release their body cam footage oh very very funny probably the most pressing tragedy of all this is that this has all but guaranteed gina kershenheiter yet another season and the world screams together somewhere in orange county right now gina's probably walking around her little casita 
positively glowing at the thought of yes another year of her on television in which she's she's very smug and gloats about it all season and uh the second tragedy i would say in all this is what about the trace amigas how are they reacting how are they feeling you know vicky is she texting a group chat somewhere saying yet another jailbird? Is she giving Shannon advice about how her insurance is going to go up dramatically from now on? You know, you've got to think of the monthly payments and all this. I'm assuming that Shannon will now have to be teetotal from now on. On the one hand, I'm really gutted that we'll no longer get any more drunken Trace Amigas whooping it up shenanigans going forward, which just feels like such a blow. But also the thought of Shannon white knuckling her way through a season of sobriety sounds absolutely hilarious. This truly is a gift from the reality TV gods. It's such a crying shame that cameras weren't on specifically filming this very moment. You know, Shannon is quite possibly the best, funniest choice of any housewife for a DUI storyline. But I know she'll give us an absolutely stellar season 10, you know, go big or go home. There's still a lot of unanswered questions to this case. You know, where was Shannon coming from? Was she whooping it up or was she drinking through a depressive episode? You know, whose house was it? Was it Kelly Dodds? Where is John Jansen in all this? Will Emily take on this case for the Innocence Project next season? Will we be seeing a Shannon Bedore mugshot? Will there be merch of it? Would someone like to buy it for me? Is there an Archie mugshot? Maybe he was the real culprit and Shannon's just taking the fall for him. I mean, who's to say? There's a lot to unpack and a lot that we still don't know. To quote Portia Williams, I am in the world of journalism and I deal with facts, not friction. To quote Gina Liano, I deal with fact, not friction. <laughs> okay, so this is devolved into Gina Liano material and it's not the time and place. You know, we're all about Shannon here. So those were some of my rambling thoughts. Um, I very much outstayed my welcome. I know you all prefer Ellie anyway. So without any further ado, I introduce to you the Housewives Archives. Hello and welcome to the Housewives Archives. <laughs> A podcast where we discuss in great depth all things Real Housewives. My name's Ellie Nunn, and um, (laughs) actually, you know, uh, sorry, just stop, stop, stop. Can just James stop recording? No, Ellie, you need to talk about this. I'm not going to do it with him if he's Ellie. I'm just saying. I think we need to get some medication. No, just we're doing it because we care, Ellie. You will all see. Stop. Oh my God, do we need to call an ambulance? Yeah. I think she's having a psychotic break. Scene, it's my co-host James Evans. <laughs> and scene partner. And scene. Come on then, what were your great ideas? Based- Since just before we recorded, James was like, I have really good ideas for the intro. No, I was just saying, I was proud of myself because normally I just pull it out of my ass at the 11th hour and it shows. But this time I'd really thought about it. I had some, I mean, one of them was basically what you just did. I would have done the impression as well, just to, you know, add another layer, but that's just me. Well, I wanted it to be more realistic, like people... More grounded in truth. Yeah. Yeah. I think that generally that's what speaks us to as our performers. performance <laughs> The more ham I can lay onto it, the better. But no, I was going to do that. And then I was also going to do... um, My name is James Evans. And David, 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 there is... My co-host is in the other room. And she is saying horrible things about me. She's being so big. And her name is Ellie Nunn. That would have been my way. (laughs) It's very good. Thank you. That's why they pay me nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to get into Chairgate. (laughs) 
<laughs> First people ever on the planet to say that. So I have a slightly sort of loose tone today. Mm. I think it's a result of having the shits terribly yep. and... <laughs> You just came out there, all guns blazing. Yep. I was telling James, my boyfriend was like, what do you think it could be? What did you have for lunch? And I was like, some salmon pasta. And he was like, that is most definitely it. <laughs> That's mystery solved. I love that this podcast has just devolved into each week us alternating between into one what, of us. James? <laughs> into what, James? One of us just taking it in turns to detail our elements in great detail. Isn't that just life in your 30s? Yeah. I don't know about you, but whenever I see a friend and it's just us taking in turns to be like, and then I got bitten by a spider. To be fair, that one's mainly me, but... I don't know if I said this last week, but I was talking to some friends and they said very astutely, I thought, that in your 20s, all you and your friends talk about is sex and dating and in your 30s all you and your friends talk about is poo <laughs> and what your what your bowel movements are like and i can relate yeah it's true and backache <laughs> oh yeah various aches mm. and just tiredness my uh, lower back is killing me and i <laughs> oh, i was oh. hoping there was more i was um. trying to think of more <laughs> more chiropractor related puns that i could shoehorn into hit me baby one more time but <laughs> elliot's barely midday over here <laughs> this isn't my best work no, never is oh um so i'm sorry to hear that you've got the runs and i wish you a it's speedy fine. recovery i'm sure shannon bedore would have some kind of ointment she'd or... be sticking all sorts of stuff up there exactly some is kim of... there to take a look up your bum to see if there's a bit of plastic stuck up there he's not mm. sadly that's what sadly for him if you know what i mean i do know what you know i do <laughs> oh i do um no we've definitely had those moments though which i genuinely treasure mm-hmm. where <laughs> not looking up each other's bums <laughs> to each throne that wouldn't go into the box of treasures but um wouldn't mind no but where he'll be like i need you to tweeze out an ingrown hair or like pop a spot on my back or something oh where yeah they're just those little moments where you're like oh we really love each other. That is love. Yeah. And we really love at a, on a very base level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like even at each other's grossest. Yeah. I'm not one of those people who like loves to pop a spot or something. So it's not even like I'm like, oh yeah, let me get at it. I I'm there with the tweezers being like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, I mean, I'm not one of those people who would watch a pimple popping video, but I think there is something about Michael's pimples that I've grown to love. I've developed an affection over the years in a way that I couldn't for anybody else's. Probably my own, actually. Um, Yeah. (laughs) When I was talking about Shannon having drops, Mm. what is the word I was looking for when (laughs) Kelly is annoyed that she has the same thing and Shannon keeps being like, it's a... When, When Kelly's doing sparkling water and Shannon's doing drops. Eh? Oh. Come on, look alive, James. Like a cordial? I mean, I don't know the specific terminology. Yeah, but cordial's not the word. No, but she keeps saying it. Concentrate? It's a. Someone write in who's better researched than us. (laughs) Someone do our job for us and tell us the word that Shannon used. It's like a tincture, but it's not. Oh, like an elixir. No, not an elixir. Like a. (laughs) (laughs) An essential oil? It's an elixir. (laughs) Um, I can't remember what it is. (laughs) It's very gangster's mole. Hey, it's an Alexa. It's an Alexa, baby. Shannon on the street corner opening a trench coat. Hey, Hey, see here, you want to see my Alexas? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't remember... I have an excuse for everything today because I am being a trooper. Well, that was the linchpin of our whole episode. So (laughs) the whole thing's going to fall apart now. Um, Where would you like to start with Shannon? 
I want to link Shannon back to kind of like Greater Housewives discussion here for a moment and say, I think all housewives should fulfill one of three functions. Mm-hmm. And it can be like a bit of a Venn diagram. So like if they have two of them, they can be overlapping. If they, they can also embody all three, but that's like a superhumanly good housewife. But if they don't fulfill any of them, then they're shit and they need to go. And in my right. opinion, the three functions are you are A, incredibly open and vulnerable on camera about things going on in your life. B, you have a naturally magnetic or funny screen presence. Or C, you're a very good producer who can instigate conflict and keep things ticking over at a good pace. And I think what makes... I'm trying to think of someone who embodies all three. Like maybe, just because it's on the brain, maybe Bethany, like at her peak like early iteration Bethany mm. is maybe someone like that. I would that. think, yeah. It's yeah. very hard to find someone who embodies all no, three. No, you normally get a two or three, don't you? Like you get someone who's like quippy and good producer head, but they don't let, like Lisa Vanderpump. Exa- right, yeah, the yeah. very same, yeah. And then you have some people like Gina, who's just doesn't fulfill any of them. Um, <laughs> but I think what makes Shannon so great is that she ticks the first two boxes. She's incredibly open and honest and she has a very good screen presence, but she's incredibly shit at the last one. Her whole time on the show has just been marked by her laying out her sad, crumbling marriage on camera and getting a bit of plastic stuck up her butt on camera. And then the other side of things is Shannon being comically dreadful at anything that's vaguely strategic on the show, despite getting her fingers burnt with Tamara on an almost yearly basis. She almost always falls for whatever ham-fisted scheme that Tamara's got cooking up. And she's like a terrible liar. Any attempts at sneaky gameplay, she projects it from a mile away and it just completely flops a la the island trip i suggest tequila business that we discussed before (laughs) so i just want to lay that out first so maybe that will kind of form some of the structure of this episode interesting though isn't it what you were saying about the open and vulnerability because that's become the thing that shannon's known for not doing in terms of the last couple of seasons she's been very penalized for not being authentic on the show about stuff happening in her life yeah and i wonder whether there's a degree to which she feels like she's done her like she's a woman of two extremes on that front because her first few seasons like you say not many people have so openly laid bare the erosion of their Mm -hmm. relationship where don't get me wrong there have been housewives where there's like hints that something's wrong but Mm -hmm. To come in and from that very first episode, be so clearly, um, but, sorry, there was a there was some dust in front of my face, but it, it looked like I was like slowly morphing into one of the cats from Cats. I just did this little like paw movement and so just very very <laughs> slow transition. <laughs> um, I don't know if many housewives have not realized how bad the state of their marriage maybe was like that was them trying to put a good front on Mm -hmm. and it's so painful and to then like have the cameras go with them to the therapy and like burying each other and like to then go through the sort of second dissolving of their relationship part of me gets why she might be like i've done (laughs) 
my vulnerability with relationships on camera because she has now swung so far the other way where it's like no one's allowed to talk about her relationship no one's allowed to comment on it and she just shuts down filming every time anyone tries to where it's such a pendulum swing the other way yeah and in some ways i get that but it but it's also very frustrating i think there's a couple of points here I completely agree. When she joined the show in season nine, it was almost like she was too giving to the show. And she really did. You Literally, you wanted to be like, oh no, no, no. We don't need this much. You're fine. Don't don't worry, Shannon. Guys, go sort it out and then come back. It's so painful, some of the things caught. And this is on Orange County, no less. This is a show that has been built off the back of the most depressing grim marriages in this hellish suburban hellscape you could imagine. And then Shannon somehow manages to top it from the get-go. It's one of several reasons why she's a completely fantastic casting later on in the shows. It's so yeah. painful in those early episodes, all those moments where they're all over for dinner and he'll make a joke and in front of everyone she'll take the joke personally and then be yeah, like... Yeah, with an audience. David. And that whole thing of being like, oh... Does and you're just like, oh God, you're not even, you know, God knows we've all been there where someone like makes a joke where later you're like, oh, I didn't find that funny or whatever. But the total mm. lack of being able to. It's, oh, it's which is <laughs> why it kind of makes, yeah, it makes my skin crawl. And we all know a couple like that. Yeah. And it, it, you just want to die and you think maybe, yeah, they're fine acting this way with an audience on a small scale. So why would they not be fine with an audience on a larger scale? And I guess, I, yeah. She really does treat that confessional chair like she's in a therapist's office or like she's writing in a diary. And you know how they were saying in Not All Diamonds and Rosé, I think they said it in the book, that Shannon was so hospitable to the crew in her first season and she used to cook these slap-up meals for the whole camera crew that the producers had to step in and be like, this is lovely, but this is not expected of you. Like, you really don't have to do this. Like, actively, please don't do this. You're being too giving. And she was like, oh. And then sort of realized and then reined it back in. There's something almost sweet about her going into the reality show and going, well, this is a reality show. So this is my reality. So I'm just going to lay it out in painful detail. And you're on a show with the likes of Tamra, no less, where it's complete artifice. It's that. It's like she read the brief and was like, okay, I fully commit. And everyone was a bit like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to. You're being too generous with your personal storyline right here. Yes. So there's that. And then I think there definitely is a bit of the pendulum swinging the other way to the point where we had that hilarious episode this current season where the whole episode is Shannon prepping for her like, margarita, tequila, fiesta. Fun Shannon! (laughs) It's like fun Shannon. This is fun Shannon. (laughs) It's like out on a tear this episode where the whole thing the whole prepping for the party should have just been b-roll footage and in preparation for the actual party that is like the main showpiece of the episode but we just keep cutting back to shannon throughout the day having like a nervous breakdown in my head wearing a tiny little miniature sombrero or something storming up to the producers being like i'm done i'm done take it off take it off i don't want this on camera and it's just such an encapsulation of everything that we've spoken about before where the kind of push and pull between fun Shannon and neurotic Shannon. But also it's kind of the Streisand effect where the more you try and suppress information, the more attention you're drawing to it. And that's what's so funny about Shannon is that, and how she's tactically so shit that after all these years, she still hasn't twigged that they're going to show it. Oh, with this season and John Jansen, literally, (laughs) she had just been like, I don't really want to talk about this and move on. Poor Matt, like whatever's going on there we're all like oh cool so he's like a terrible abuser (laughs) because (laughs) 
when someone it's like literally if someone meant to say that it's like i am shutting this down i'm like we are done and being like he will i he will leave me. And you're just like, okay. Like, That's what, yeah, she somehow, it's not only that she manages to keep the attention on her relationship, but somehow she actually makes our imaginations go to an even worse place. Because before 100%. you're just like, oh, it's just kind of petering out and they're going to break up one of these days and they're, they're drawing apart from each other. When suddenly you have Shannon being like, I have never loved someone more. We have arguments that paralyzed me it's like what the <laughs> fuck is that meant to mean <laughs> my god is he okay what oh is he doing god. to you <laughs> i wonder whether going back to hmm i wonder whether mm. um <laughs> those first few seasons whether chairgate which i think is an essential thing yeah. to cover yeah when she says about john jansen about the arguments that paralyze her i feel like a similar thing <laughs> happened there where i wonder whether because she is so vulnerable and honest about how bad things are it's almost like she wasn't expecting heather's gone okay we're gonna jump onto this as a b-plot argument right and shannon's so genuinely perplexed by it and kind of paralyzed by it and i mean i want to get into like the moment itself but even when you think about when heather's like my children are upstairs Please leave. <laughs> and Shannon literally acts like... She's like, wow. Like, her life is... Like... Wow. She will go and, like, sob. But there's no sense of, cool, this is how the show works. Mm-hmm. She's so, like, genuinely upset. And then, and of course, the, you will all see the truth argument is, we like... We have to talk about It's like that. she's having... Oh, we, yeah. Let's, oh, so, we Chairgate, Chairgate itself, mm-hmm. it is a weird one. I've re- It's... Again, I go back to that Camille, the what are you doing here without Kelsey moment, where <laughs> right. it's like a bit gets missed. Because yeah. on one hand, I think that Heather has a bit of a complex generally, and it gets very well set up in this season, in that season, mm-hmm. about being left out by Tamara and Vicky mm-hmm. and being the third member of a trio in a way that kind of taps into a fear we all have, I think, that you're the expendable one. Mm-hmm. And also where you have lovely one-to-one relationships, but once it's in the group dynamic, you're kind of the butt of the joke. Like everything is like, oh, Heather's so boring. Heather's got to stick up right. her ass and yeah. all of that stuff. And suddenly Shannon comes in and they're both really into Shannon. And like that dinner party at Shannon's, it's genuinely kind of tragic. The That shot where Heather's listening to Tamara trashing her. Mm-hmm. And there's just something really sad about it. And really that high school thing. And it's and it's a very good move from Heather that instead of, not in a producer way necessarily, but instead of going in and arguing with Tamara, there's practically like violin strings underneath. It's kind of heartbreaking. It takes a very skilled, savvy housewife to take yourself out of the moment and play to the truth of the scene right now and actually go, no, what is post-production going to be? What's this going to look like six months from now when it's airing on TV? Audiences hate when it's the whole cast against one. So I need to bear that in mind and play this to my advantage yeah. right now. It's very clever. So right. I think that there's a I think there's a genuine fear of being the kind of dud in the trio and that Shannon's quite sort of threatening in that. So when they all go over to the table and Shannon is like, no, it, it sort of chooses her seat, says, no, I'm sitting here when Heather was kind of sitting there first. Mm-hmm. You can see that there's genuine panic from Heather of, I've been pushed down to the end of the table and the three of them are there. And I don't want to be pushed out by this new housewife. Mm -hmm. So when she's like, I'm just going to take my chair back, it doesn't read as this is going to (laughs) really 
Shannon's going to go nuts. Because right. <laughs> at that point, you don't... Like, we've never... Anyway, when Shannon comes back, all credit to Shannon, what she does not do is, like, fly across the room, being like, right. that's my chair! <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, in some ways. But she does quite earnestly go like, Heather... Oh, that wasn't mm-hmm. very good. He- I can only do Shannon... Uh, I can. I don't know if I'll be able to do that. Heather, I What's was sitting the there. Heather, I was sitting there. Um, Heather, I was sitting there. That's very good. Thank you. And it's one of those weird ones where so quickly when Heather's like, it's just you came in with such rage. <laughs> and such, I honestly, I was frightened. Freaked me out a little bit. Whatever. Right. It is ridiculous. But Shannon does also like bite so much where it feels like Shannon could just laugh it off. Um... Heather, it's that's funny. not who I am. That's just not who I am. It is, but like, thank, not. thank God thank it's God been documented. Because, consider, the two of them are so funny to have this kind of fight. Because if both of them were reporting something that hadn't been filmed, they both exaggerate so much in opposite ways, where Heather exactly. would be like, and she came in and she was screaming. And then Shannon would be like, in this case, telling the truth, going, I came in and I said very calmly... Heather, why did you take my chair? Uh, You'd be forgiven for being like, Shannon, you would not have come in and very calmly said it. I feel like we've had many times where she's like, I was very calm in the moment. And it's like, no. So I'm glad in this case, Shannon is vindicated. Sorry, back to your point. No, I guess that's it. I don't think any of it's Heather's finest moment, but I do think that Shannon, the whole kind of chair gate thing does, she sort of takes it to her core in a way that it becomes this awful perpetuating cycle that by the end she becomes the very thing that Heather <laughs> so that Heather's yeah. like see I told you I think she needs psychological help Oh my because God. she does go bad and it really does set off doesn't it this almost yearly tradition where the women almost almost out of boredom just kind of decide to just gang up and drive Shannon a bit mad until she ends up being this screeching mess where she is like no I am not crazy I am not going to let you make me look. And it's like, oh, Shannon. And I think it also speaks to a general truth, I think, with Shannon, where she is generally on the right side of most arguments, but it's hard to see that because she, A, is quite easily led astray by the more cunning members of the cast, i.e. Tamara. Mm -hmm. And B, she expresses her truth mainly through wild gesticulations and those like windscreen wiper hands that she does in yelling and a whole Cassandra persona that tends to sort of hide the truth that she's talking about. I think I've actually lost sight of the fact that I do like Shannon and that I did like Shannon and like you say have fallen down on her side most seasons but I feel she's become in the vein of that sort of Tamra she's become like you say she's very bad in a producerial role she's no longer doing the open vulnerability thing and even her quippiness is becoming very self-aware Mm-hmm. And also some of the looks are just so bad. Well, I'm just... That whole I'm, look with like the leather the bustier oh. and the pink, yeah. Oh my God. It's just, it feels like it's all lost its way a bit. And Shannon, her first few seasons, I really fell down on her side in terms of, like you say, she's very unintentionally funny and there's quite kind of pure about her. And things like with her and Heather, I genuinely really wanted them to make up. And whenever they have got on, I, I think they out of all the women, could actually be very good friends to each other. Mm -hmm. I think there's genuine care there. And it's one of the reasons I'm finding this season annoying because I feel like the intent to kind of take down Heather no matter what she does, which she so obviously can see coming and it's quite funny the way that she's 
doing running commentary on it. Yeah. Preempting that it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating because I actually believe Heather's think that she kind of has enormous care for Shannon. With David, what was quite painful to watch, I think, was the season when she was open about his affair and she was continually set off and triggered yeah. by everything. And it, But in terms of that painful bit when they're in the like golf cart buggy driving up to everyone goes dinner everyone's like oh there they are and then they just like drive off around the block again and they're like oh where are they, where are they going it's just that's sort of the whole season it's just this like endless even when they're technically on good terms and david's really committing to his bettering himself and getting the marriage back on track we still have to witness this endless humiliation tour of contrition that david has to endure for the next three seasons not blaming anyone for that whatever they need to do they need to do to get through mm. it but it does just mean like endless confessionals from shannon about where she's at on her non-linear journey of forgiveness and how many times she's thought about the affair today but also like you said treating it like therapy where i might expect her to go to her therapist and be like today we went to the quiet <laughs> woman and it turns out that's where david went with the yeah. woman he was having an affair with I wouldn't expect you to say that on national television every time it happens. So, yeah, yeah. And it's like every time. And there's that amazing, not amazing, but there's that scene where he's like, oh, I saw so-and-so today. And she just like Mm. freezes. And she thinks he's talking about the woman he had an affair with, but he's not. (laughs) In what world would he say that to her? Like, of course not. And she's like having a meltdown. And it's like, oh, you are not ready. This is not a good time to be on. Yeah. And I think just including the kids as well, like each scene where he has to individually apologize to the daughters. I think the grimmest scene, one of the grimmest I've ever seen is when they kind of do that mock restaurant scene that the daughters put on because they want their parents to be happy again. And it's like a redo of Shannon's birthday because David takes her to an Applebee's and Shannon's like, this is my first birthday since I learned about the affair. And we go to a sports bar with hamburgers and beer and how could davis do this to me um and it gets to a point like that where i'm like this feels a little bit exploitative getting the daughters involved and i actually i i didn't need to see this i'm just happy to see shannon lying pretending to be dead in front of a styrofoam headstone (laughs) that's the kind of groom i want to see (laughs) god they pull that clip out every any chance they get any chance it never gets old one thing i find particularly sad with Shannon. This isn't a big storyline. I just it just reminded me because I was thinking about her fight with Lydia and then I was thinking about Shannon's sort of journey with her body. Mm-hmm. I find it quite sad. Again, she's so exceptionally vulnerable. The scene when she's visiting the trainer and she's like crying to take mm-hmm. her top off and I was like, what, what a I, dick, that guy. Well, that, I was about to say, well what I what I hate about it is that she was so unbelievably vulnerable mm-hmm. and brave and It's not about weight. It's about like complete self-loathing and being so uncomfortable in herself. Mm -hmm. And rather than someone taking her hands and being like, you are beautiful and strong and amazing. Mm -hmm. To have someone where they're just like, oh, okay. Wow. Wow. Jeez. Do you understand how fat you are? (laughs) (laughs) This is disgusting. So hard. And what makes me really sad is the way that her journey has been like, I've got to get back to that looking better than ever. And everyone kind of congratulates her on that. And I just, I I get it. I get the pressure on a show like that, that there must be. But I found that very sad, the whole thing. I think as well, that 
line where she draws an imaginary line around her midriff and is like, this is stress. And that stress is Vicky Gumvelson. And everyone kind of mocked her for it. Like, of course, Vicky didn't make you fat, but there's definitely like a physical manifestation of her stress right now. Yeah, of her baggage. And I feel like people didn't quite give her any leeway in that regard. And basically, yeah, that point that you were saying where this is so much a physical manifestation of her mental state right now. And the show seems determined to worsen her mental health at every possible turn to the point where I feel really grubby laughing at Shannon a lot of the time because she she is just so inescapably funny with her emotional reactions. But there is something that does feel slightly bear baiting ish about it, except instead of pitchforks, it's her neuroses. There is, I totally I agree, and I think what's hard, and it's tricky because it must be annoying, but it's why I kind of think because something similar happened with Taylor back on Beverly Hills, where after Taylor had experienced those horrific two seasons. She kind of got reduced to any time that she got upset or was like, cool, why was no one rallying around me when I got threatened to be sued Yeah, for a party? And everyone's a bit like, shut up, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like Camille being like, ugh, Taylor's making it about herself again. And it's like, <laughs> her, her husband just killed himself. I think yeah. she's kind of allowed. And also, compared to the way that everyone like rallied around fucking like paul and adrian when they split up or whatever right i didn't see like when taylor like left her abuse partner and everyone's just like but we still don't know like (laughs) there's still that sense of like and also after he killed himself i like i didn't exactly see them all rallying around taylor and i feel like shannon has a slightly similar thing that when she's going through the stuff with david with the affair everyone's very understanding Mm -hmm. but there's a degree of tamra sort of decides one season that her storyline is like Shannon's not there for her enough. Right. And it's hard because I imagine Shannon is a bit of, like we say about Bethany last week, a bit of an emotional vampire in Completely. terms of yeah. calling every night and they're always being a drama and that feeling, and in her head she's like, yeah, but I'm also fun, Shannon, so it's fine. Where actually sometimes it's about being the rock for someone else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you say, during that period where she's just so clearly carrying so much stress and self-loathing, everyone is a bit like... And it kind of pulls it out of nowhere. That reunion where Tamara's suddenly like, all you ever do is talk about yourself. And she's like... she And, and Gina jumps on it. Mm-hmm. And you can tell Shannon's a bit blindsided by it. Where Isn't that the one where Tamara's broken her foot? And then it, you couldn't write it that Shannon then like breaks her foot. <laughs> And turns up on the same. Wait, like, does that happen? <laughs> yeah, and it's almost one up. It, it's like it's annoying because it serves. That's very funny. Whole... I can't believe I forgot about that. Oh my god! Yeah, when they turn up to have a conversation about how Tamara's like, I feel like you're not there for me as much as I'm there for you. And Shannon turns up on one of those bloody scooters with one foot. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah, it's a tricky balance because, like, I feel like everyone baits Shannon into having a breakdown, but then they also. It's like they do a whole season of all being like, you're clearly not okay. The mm-hmm. one in, is it in Jamaica? when they In all... Jamaica, yeah. And she has a breakdown, but then they also kind of complain that Shannon makes everything about her and doesn't check her. And it's like, you kind of have to choose. Either you're like, you're not okay and we all want mm-hmm. you to get help. Mm-hmm. Or you're like, it's not your storyline anymore. It's time to like be the rock for someone else. I feel like that one is slightly different. Maybe I'm giving the women too much grace, but I... 
I, I feel like they do concern Troll a lot with Shannon. That's normally the avenue into getting her to have yet another nervous breakdown. However, I feel like this time they are basically on their hands and knees begging them. They're like, we cannot deal with you drunk dialing us at 3 a.m. crying down the phone about John Jansen anymore, please. And I think there's maybe something implied by all the women of like, we are all women of a certain age. We're all going through the change. There is no shame here. I just think a lot of it may be hormonal and there are meds that can balance this out. But of course, Shannon, who's like Dr. Moon's number one customer is like, yeah, no, immediately she goes to a place of like, oh, so no, what, what, I'm crazy. What, you're saying this is an intervention? Like, we'll get the straight jackets. It's like, no, that's genuinely, I think, not what they're saying. I think they're just exhausted. No, I agree. Having to deal with all of this. It's such a chaotic scene as well. Just talking about the mise-en-scene for a second, because isn't it where, for some reason, there's no AC or the AC's broken in the resort? It's so stressful. So there's like a hundred different box fans positioned at all different (laughs) angles. So like all their hair looks insane and it's like blowing in a hundred different directions. And Shannon's all like sweaty and like keeps like tugging on her (laughs) on her messy messy bun and it's just very stressful just to watch and it's one of those ones as well Shannon does tend to do this it feels very like you will all see the truth where she gets to a point where it's almost like in a video game she's leveled up and she suddenly has this like turbo charge where for like a a minute long (laughs) space of time she can go full scorched earth and like get all the rings or whatever and she's just going around the room being like and you and you and (laughs) you like if any of them pop up and say anything they're like oh let's let's talk about the 10 million things that you haven't done to me and blah 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 and then (laughs) and then there's one point where kelly says something and shannon she's in the bathroom then she like storms up to kelly and she's like you know what kelly and then tamra who's off camera also pipes up and shannon just stops she's like you know what kelly and then pivots and then she's like you know what tamra and then just like (laughs) marches up to tamra it's so funny and it's very funny how kelly says it but i also do think she genuinely means it when she's like you need to relax you're gonna give yourself a freaking heart attack like she is she is oh sorry i just remembered about ireland and like yeah. the whole thing of vicky it's it's all coming back to me all the, the like several storylines kind of Wh- flooding back what with vicky in ireland saying that david hits her wild it is wild again it just feels so grim when they're sort of litigating it at the reunion and i don't know whose side i believe but even if we believe shannon's side of things she self-describes it as an extremely dark period in not only their marriage but in her life where they're at their lowest ebb she somehow gets blackout drunk and ends up like falling over and like scraping both of her knees and getting locked out the house and banging on the door like it's just grim all round by the way if i told you my mum has got this awful black eye from yeah. walking into a wall oh. and it's one of those things with the more oh, she tries to explain so the story, said, oh, the more oh. it sounds. She's yeah. like, no, no, because basically <laughs> the wall, it's like a corner. I was like leaning across the bed and then I fell like onto the corner of the And you're just like, everyone's, oh God, everyone's stop explaining and going, it. Yeah. And she literally was in France she's with her partner, Johnny, and they walked past this woman who went, oh, la pauvre, la pauvre, <laughs> which is just like the wretch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, oh, dear. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, Can we talk about the quiet woman fight? This isn't even my plate! <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always forget about, because it's the one like, this isn't my plate, you fucking bitch! And then there's like a little dramatic pause, and then she's like, it's not my fucking plate. <laughs> it's such... 
a beautiful dramatic battle. I swear some of that fight is because she's starving and... We've all been there, haven't we? Literally, no. it's like the fight of someone who's been put on some kind of restrictive something that has meant that they've gone a bit mad. Yeah. It's awful, but I recognise parts of my dad and that my dad has spent his life on very extreme restrictive diets. And there have definitely been moments where he has behaved and I'm just he like, a Shannon you're moment. so hungry that yeah. you're behaving like a mad person. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, this, this won't sound that funny, but we can laugh about it now. But my dad once was so hungry that, um, guys, I, I fell into a wall. I, that's so <laughs> no, no, that's not funny. No. But we we were like (laughs) we were like marching to a restaurant. He was marching to a restaurant, and I fell and I like sprained my ankle. And he just kept going. And my sister and I turned up, hobbled into this restaurant. And he'd like ordered starters. He had a glass of champagne. He's like, but it was like (laughs) no judgment. When you're in the zone, you're in the zone. You know, happens to the best of us. And yeah, the quiet woman has that feel of this manicness where suddenly it just goes insane but kelly is also such a dirty fighter and like it's just, oh, yeah it's such a funny pairing isn't it because kelly is such a troll will hit below the belt so much and then you have shannon who is such a nervous wreck who so obviously projects all her neuroses that she's just yeah. this big walking target it's just a match made in heaven for us the viewer terrible for shannon but basically all that happens is it's just set off they're both at their local watering hole. It looks fab, this place. Like, we really... I, why didn't we go when we went to... I guess it's not in LA, is it? It's not in LA. It's in, we haven't yeah, gone to Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Let's go. Um, it really reminds me of my student bar when I first moved to New York. And Kelly bumps into Shannon in the ladies... Bathroom. In the bathroom. And Shannon naturally has a nervous breakdown and slams the door in the face of the camera. And then Lydia, I always forget about this, decides to pray over Shannon again. So that's all she fucking does this season. Between that and um, Vicky in Iceland. Pray. She prays over Shannon. Oh, She's like, Shannon, can I pray over you? And she's like, yes. And then you just hear them off camera having a little pray. And then Kelly decides to sit at the table with Tamara and Peggy. And then Shannon (laughs) comes back and she's very irked by the presence of Kelly. And Kelly tells her that she, again, maybe needs some hormones to address her body, whatever that may mean. And then Shannon is so funny. It's such a schoolyard insult where she's like, read between these lines, you fucking bitch. (laughs) It's very like, whatever, major loser. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she loves that one that season. It comes up a lot. She does it again. I'd say, read between these lines. Yeah, she does it this season, doesn't she? She She's done it in a few, yeah. yeah. She, She loves that one. It's one of her little like quirks that she has. I think uh, a non-kind of combative one is her love of Spanish. And I don't know if it's like a shtick that she's playing up or whether she genuinely thinks that she's fluent in Spanish. But every year, of course, we get her rendition of Peggy Hill Spanish where she's like, para vivar en la casa, en las escuelas, en el azul, marcada. Dessert wine is up, consuelo. <laughs> But every, yeah, it's just fun. Like every scene, every season, there's going to be a scene of, we're getting the tequila in. Mas, una mas, skinny margarita, senora. We, just talking about fun, Shannon, 
We've talked about this before, but Fun Shannon just seems to be the least fun person ever. It's like the most... Ma- and like, I don't believe that that woman likes dressing up. Oh, you don't think she does? No. I think she lives and dies for it. I think she developed a personality trait for herself and now she has to stick to it. Where her thing, she did it once and everyone's like, oh my God, Shannon's so funny because she loves dressing up. So now everything has to be like, I've bought a giant sumo wrestling costume. She seems so unrelaxed whenever she's doing it. I, Ellie, I've got to say, I think you haven't grown up with an auntie who's, you know, bursting out of a very tight blouse, who is probably the right side of alcoholic and will turn up <laughs> to any party, no, I have regardless not. of if it's a costume party, in some form of a costume, because that is her personality type, because she's so numb by drinking, okay. she doesn't know how to have fun anymore. Okay. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real trick that productions have missed with that song to have her do it in a costume with a giant sombrero. Yeah, I know, yeah. Here's to the amigas who drink. Tequila. Yeah, I think that's kind of part of Shannon's charm. I think just in a greater sense is that for someone who's born and raised in California, she very much has the persona of a Facebook auntie from the Midwest Mm. in that sense. And I I really do think that she loves dressing up in costume. I think the high that she gets from walking in a room dressed as Hulk Hogan or someone and people going, oh, Shannon, that will like keep her going for days. Okay, I'll take it. But it's very sad because, again, she hasn't learned that if she turns up somewhere in a costume, it will end up with her getting gaslit and her descending into some Having sputtering. Having a meltdown, meltdown in said costume. Like, no, I am done. I am done. <laughs> She'll never learn. I cannot get over some of these women. They are in such a privileged position. Like the money I would pay to have someone document my life for 10 years and I could watch <laughs> the recorded footage back to see how I come across and then improve and learn and grow from it in some way. And they never seem to. Like, I don't know how Shannon hasn't realized if she storms up to the producers asking them not to film (laughs) something, they're definitely going to film it. Like a monkey could have learned it by now. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it is amazing. It's particularly in this most recent season because it's been like three, four times this season. It's three, four times that one episode. Like, my God. Honestly, I think it happens three times. And I think she just gets... It's like not even from someone in the scene. I think she just like gets a text from Tamara saying that Heather's talking about her. And she's like, no, I'm done. I'm done. No, I'm not talking about this. No. And then getting John on the phone. So terrified that John's going to leave her. No, actually, no. I sound like a boomer right now. Like, she should absolutely phone up John upset (laughs) if she wants to. But... I kind of like feel that whatever Heather's saying to Gina right now about her relationship with Travis kind of applies to Shannon as well. And I know that Heather kind of got shipped for saying it, but I think no, but if funny, you're the nervous thing about being like, pushing your guy away, for yes, kind of exactly. bringing a lot of issues, like it doesn't then help. Constantly if being like, John, 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 John. David, they are David, they are saying horrible things about me. David, David. I always forget as well because David is busy arguing with Vicky about how yeah. she's a cancer scabber. It's like Cartagena all over again. It's one of those great episodes where there's like two parallel fights happening yeah. at the same time. But it's got to a point where I don't know what Shannon wants on the show anymore. I don't know what she wants them to talk about. And also just the most recent episode, her going after, oh, well, was it Tamara who was like, I mean, you said he had a small penis. <laughs> It was probably Tamara. 
It's such a dick thing to do as well. It's such a low, because it doesn't matter either way, but it's such a like low thing to even bring up, (laughs) to even imply that it matters. And I just, it annoys me thinking back to, you know, Vicky having, Kelly saying that Vicky had told her that David hits Shannon, which is so huge. And it still annoys me that moment where Tamara's like, did she say anything about me? And then goes over and is like, fuck yeah! And it's like, it's just not comparable. Her being like, Eddie might be gay, which is so stupid. Like, it's just... Yeah. Tamara actually really annoys me. <laughs> yes. But particularly this season. Um, it is, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're saying it every episode. And I guess I'd always felt this way right now, but there just seems to be a big disconnect with what I'm viewing on television and the way people are talking about it. Like really? the feedback that I'm getting. I think I never hear just, any of the feedback. Just this, so. well, I think just this whole idea of woohoo, the queen of Orange County's back to like get this ship back on the uh, back sees. on track, you know? And it's like, I don't, yes. <laughs> I don't know where I was right, going with that metaphor. That was, like, it was good. <laughs> Captain Tamara. Right, okay. <laughs> nope, you said ship. All, not oh, yeah, I oh, yeah. <laughs> All aboard the Tamara Express <laughs> along the high seas of stirring up drama. Vil. Hope you've got your life jackets on and <laughs> exits are here, here and here. Stop me. You know, I actually leave for a nine day cruise in two days. I do, yeah. Not as a passenger. Oh, I mean, yes, as a passenger. More some Everyone's a passenger. You're just swimming alongside it. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> <laughs> for work. Um, oh, it is for spending- work. Yeah, I, I oh. what I meant is I haven't booked a cruise as a holiday. I have been right. booked as a as a <laughs> as an artiste. Right. As a guest of honor mm-hmm. on a super fancy cruise. And one of the requirements is you have to bring black tie for quite a lot of things. Oh, and I love I that. Said to my partner, I was like, Do you have black tie? And he was like, I don't own a tie. I was like, okay. So we've had a slightly frantic rush looking for black tie to borrow. And I just today realised that he probably doesn't have shoes. And I don't know how that's going. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just one thing after the other. God. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts to black tie. There really are. Mm. I didn't realise when my friend dropped it off. They were like, this is the cummerbund and this is the two bow ties and here are the braces and these are the buttons which come off and these are the cummerbund. And you've got to wear the cummerbund the right way. I didn't realise this, but I was at a black tie thing wearing a cummerbund. What's the wrong way? So the wrong way is you want to wear it so that the gaps are facing up because the whole point is that it will catch bits of debris when you're eating. Like food. Ah! Yeah. It's just like a With waste all these sartorial bib. things, like all roads lead back to something gross and disgusting and medieval and yeah, banquety. Yeah, apparently, you know when people put their little pinky out when they're drinking yeah. tea and it's like, oh, it means I'm fancy. Apparently yeah. that was in Marie Antoinette's court. But I mm. said that very weirdly. Mm. In Marie Antoinette's court, if you had syphilis, you put your pinky up. Excuse me. Yes. And anyone else who had syphilis also put their pinky up so that you knew to sleep with each other and not with other people. Mm. So you wouldn't spread it around. It's quite sexy. <laughs> Very dangerous liaisons. Okay. Liaison uh, <laughs> And now I'm like, oh, that's why I keep getting syphilis on people. <laughs> I was just there thinking they were fancy. Is romance dead? Like, where are the syphilitic folk? Why aren't they putting their pinkies up anymore? <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about Shannon Bedore? <laughs> no, this feels like a very short and sweet episode, but I guess... I'm My bowels are okay with that. 
sure, I'm sure. I'm shocked you haven't had explosive diarrhea. Maybe you have and you're just very politely sitting on it. Uh, You'll never know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never tell. You really are an enigma. An enigma. Enigma? (laughs) What do you want to say? I don't think I have anything else to say. Mm -hmm. I miss Danielle. So So Preston, who obviously was on the podcast, the podcast before he's now watching new jersey but he keeps saying things to me expecting a reaction and i'm like i can't remember what you're talking he'll be like oh my god ziggy and dolores da, 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 whatever and i'm like preston that's like 14 seasons back and i've watched all of oz it is mad how i really cannot retain any information with these shows like it, it so really goes into surprised. my short-term memory and that's why i think it's always interesting the stuff that you do remember i'm shocked that i couldn't recall that tamra broke like her childhood. foot and then shannon broke her foot that's, yeah. <laughs> that seems like tailor-made for me i thought i would it's love very that. like when a sibling tells you something where you're like oh my god i do not remember this happening to us and they're like yeah, yeah. Maybe um, this is a comment on Gina, but I feel like every time Gina says, like, Shan and I have a history, I'm like, do you? And then they kind of, like, go through flashbacks of them fighting and making up over the years. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess you kind of do. I just never remembered. Or, like, Emily doing, like, her thing with the Innocence Project. Well, that's project. part of the problem like, oh. at the moment is that any time that Emily and Gina talk about their friendships with people, you're just like, I do not remember you having a friendship with anyone apart from each other. And therefore, I'm not invested in the stakes yeah. of said friendship whatsoever. I tend to do a thing with Emily as well, almost like what we were saying with Sonia Morgan, where I kind of go into each season thinking Emily's boring. I cannot fathom that she's been on the show longer than the likes of Alexis Bellino. And then she does like enough funny or dramatic stuff where I'm like, oh, okay, I think Emily might have gotten it now. I think I'm like on, I'm on the Emily train. And then, <laughs> then I always forget by the time the next season rolls around, I'm like, Emily's boring. She sucks. Why is she on the show? I still think she sucks. Where I stand with Emily, I'm not necessarily mad that she's on the show. I'm just mad uh, who is no longer on the show. I'm mad that there's a world in which she is a regular cast member and Vicky Gumbelson still of, isn't. Well, also instead of Bronwyn or... Oh, yeah, um, exactly. Or but I think she Noelle maybe... Love. I think she kind of maybe fits that Heather, Carol Radziwill stabilizing force among all the like wacky Trace Amigas stuff. But she's like trying to start arguments and stuff i don't know i just think it's well that's what i think her it's annoying thing that she embodies is being a good producer i think she's good at um she's quite a good Mm. uh she's a very mercenary fighter and i think he's quite happy just kind of fighting with anyone to i'm just like how are they gonna make a drama out of the fact that heather didn't say that she sold her house it's such a stupid like we're scraping the barrel Mm -hmm. speaking of scraping the barrel what are we going to talk about next week sorry yeah um i had someone message me Yes. To say something that I've been thinking for a long time, that they have just finished watching The Real Housewives of DC and they thought it was a fantastic bit of early 2000s capsule television. And I think you would really, really appreciate it. Short and sweet. It's like 10 episodes. There's a couple of kooky characters in there. Okay. I love it. We may have to do it in a fortnight. Pre-warning for anyone chomping at the bit. Oh, okay. Never mind. (laughs) Have you not tried We've gone no. to fortnightly to give us more time. And miraculously, we've still managed to be late putting out our Vicky Gumbelson episode. We took a month to put out the Vicky episode. No, so apologize to, be fair, to all of you at home. We did record it and lose it. We did. We lost it. We had to wait on new equipment. It was very much a uh, hand of God moment. And we're okay, back on the Tamra DC. train. Right. We'll do it. Just no more. No more. Okay. Oh, right. Well, thank you so much for joining us mm. today on the Housewives Archives. 
we hope you've enjoyed the episode feel free to leave what us a, a dirge do not say this is. that <laughs> feel free to leave us a Come review back, please. or we'll a rating I, I or tell your friends all of the above really really helps us and I don't sound that depressed anyway, we had fun so. today didn't we did you have fun fun fun, fun Shannon fun, yes. we fun we had fun today we, we did can. impressions and it was fun <laughs> Bye. Bye. David. 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 David.